Okay. So, uh, there's this, as I started saying last week, it's awesome whenever you can get a connection between the daf and the parsha. Uh, you feel like God's telling you you're doing the right thing. So what happened this week, uh, we learned about a character named Todos Ishromi. Now, uh, Todos Ishromi, just to give some a little bit of historical background to who he was. So there were all, kind of like a lot of these half Jewish Romans who existed, uh, really started from the Hashmonam because the Hashmonam were a bunch of Jews who were fighting in the civil wars that broke out. And like Aristobulus and Horkinus was a civil war, even to the extent where they both brought in the attention of Rome into Israel. They both wanted this new rising empire who had already overthrown Greece and everything to be on their side. That was kind of the point. So Rome came in, Rome never left. And because of that, the Roman influence and culture, Jewish culture, and things, everything from names to way of thinking to location to geographics to the buildings, everything is Roman. Like if you ever like, ever like go to the old city even like, and you, like you see stuff, it's like you're, you're really looking at it, it's like Roman stuff. You know, really, you know most, most of the stuff there's not even really Jewish in any way. But that's what it is. It was such a strong Roman influence over, over Judaism. So even to the extent where there was, there was obviously political questioning, but there was even sometimes like halachic questioning between practices of Rome. Even to the extent of, um, to this day, actually, if you go, I don't know if anyone has ever like gone to Rome and tried to daven a minchamayr or something like in the Jewish ghetto and be like, what is going on here? And part of that is there was a lot of Jews who were claimed to be like the most authentic Yerushalmi Jews in the world. And they're Jews who went to Rome right after the Chorban. I was talking about some Mekdash and they just left and they claimed that, hey, we're preserving, we're preserving the most authentic Masorah and you guys have it all wrong. But if like you walk in, you're like, what is going on here? But like they think, you know, it's kind of, so even to this day, I think you can feel this effect of not having who's the real Jew. And the, the, the conflict between Rome and the regular rabbinic uh, field of Judaism, I think can still be felt to a certain degree. But the bottom line is, we have these sort of characters who might know a lot in Torah. They might be well-versed. They might be Talmud Chachamim. They might be very high in politics. And the Gemara itself won't be sure about who they are. So one of those characters is Todos Ishromi. So Todos Ishromi had this brilliant idea, the Gemara we learned this week, that after the Chorban Habayis, let's institute a new minog. And everyone in Klai Yisrael should eat the Karban Pesach, on, on, uh, should eat roasted meat, in their home on Seder night, Seicher for the Kam Pesach. Like, instead of what do we do? Like, we eat some afikoman or something, like, remember it? Like, some more matzah. Like, why eat matzah? Why not just eat meat? Like, exactly when they would eat meat, we'd eat the Karman Pesach. At the end of the Seder, let's go, let's have some roasted meat made, and uh, we'll enjoy the Karman Pesach. Great stuff. But the rabbis were very upset about this because they said, Todos, if you do that, then people are going to think it's the real deal. They'll think it's a carbon. And the nimsa atamachilin kachim bachutz is the language of the Gemara. The Gemara elsewhere says it doesn't mean literally kachim bachutz. Obviously, it wasn't a carbon that slaughtered it. Todos wasn't saying bring a carbon. But it's the mistaken impression that people might think that the meat that they're eating is a real carbon and that you could bring a carbon without the base of mikdash. It's going to throw people over the cliff, have the wrong thing. People are going to be bringing carbonos without. It's going to be horrible things to the extent that we learned in the Dafyomi today that they wanted to put Todos in Cheren for making such a minog, very powerful statement. Put the guy in Kherim for doing such a thing, right? And the language of the Gemara is, umale todos, umale if not for the fact that he was a gavra rabba, then he would have been caught in Kherim. Okay, that's the point of the Gemara. So our Gemara and Brachos didn't talk much more about this. It was really just mentioned in passing because the Gemara was talking about excommunicating people. But the Gemara in Psachim, which is really the context of where the Gemara talks about this, this minog, the Gemara on Dafnun Gimel is unsure about what does it mean that he was a Gavar Rabbah. What does it mean? Gavar Rabbah means a big guy, 
like a strong guy. What does it mean? You can speak about strength in two different ways. You can talk about greatness in terms of stature. And the perhaps it means he was such a great Talmud Chacham. He was like this big rabbi. He was a Gaba rabbi. He was such a special person. And the Gemara is literally understanding it. That's why they didn't want to excommunicate him. Because even though he made a minute, we wouldn't approve of. But he was a great rabbi. So we, we wanted to exercise a lot more caution before we put someone like that in the chair. That's one way of understanding it. Or the Gemara says, Bal Agropin Hava. Now, I don't know exactly how to translate Agropin, to be honest with you. But... Just contextually, it seems that the point was he was a well-connected person. Rashi says, was out of fear. Like, I think it means like literally like strength. Like physically. He, was a, he was a strong, politically astute, well, you know, connected guy in Rome. And then rabbis didn't want, to, didn't want to mess with him. So just like Rita, this is an amazing thing. Just put yourself in the Gemara. We literally don't know who Todas is. He's told us this corrupt character who's aligned with Rome. And if he said something and we, and we, and, and we don't approve of it, then, then, then the Roman government is going to come knocking on our doors with swords and we're going to be in danger. Is that the shot? Why didn't excommunicate Todas? Or is the shot within excommunicate Todas? Because Todas is actually this huge Tamil Chacham that we have all this respect for and we wanted to be sensitive to his respect. So like two completely different uh, possibilities of who Todas is. So the Gemara says as follows. Tashma. We know something else that Todos taught us. What did Todos teach us? They were character Mishal Vazaria. They are the, the people in the times after the post the, the first Korban, between the, after the first Korban and the second Korban. In the times of Venu Chanetzer Harasha destroyed the race of Mikdash, the king of Babylon. And he has this whole thing about bowing down to Avodah and Mishanan Mishal Vazariah say, we're not going to bow down. And the famous thing he says, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in the fire. They say, too bad. We're still not going into it. We'll get thrown into the fire. It doesn't matter to us. We would no way do Avodah He throws them into the fire and miraculously they're saved. And it's a huge, like one of the greatest displays of Kiddush Hashem, the Gemara Sanhedrin says, um, in all of Jewish history. So Hanan Mishal Vazariah. So the Gemara says, what inspired them? Like, where did they, where did they get this strength? Like, how did they have the ability to do it? So the Gemara says, Nasu They made a kavachomer from Maka, the second Maka of Parshas Veira from the Tzfar Deim, because the frog said, "The Matzfardim Shein Mitzvah Kedusha Hashem." They're not even like Mechliyav and Kedusha Hashem; like they're just frogs. It says that they jumped into Misharasecha. So it sounds like they're going straight into the hot ovens. The Gemara says, "Bishosha Tanor Cham." They didn't care. They were Moser Nefesh. And I guess they didn't die. It was all part of the miracle. Hashem responded and saved their life. But they jumped in. They're like, okay, Hashem said go in the oven. We're going in. We don't care. I, they're frogs and they don't even have the Chiyav. Doesn't make a difference. They were going for it. So the Hanan Mishav Azari said, So we're Jews. We even have a Chiyav for Kiddush Hashem. Allah has Kama Vakama. How much more so uh, should we take out this idea how important Kiddush Hashem is? And that's why they jumped into the fire. That's what the Gemara says. So what's the, what's the takeaway of the Gemara? If Tozos Hishromi said that, then it must mean that Gavar Rabba means which way? Like just follow the Gemara. It must mean he was really a big Tamachacham. Again, we weren't sure what Gavar Rabba meant. Didn't mean he was just like politically, you know, connected to Rome and we were scared to start up with him. Or did Gavar mean, Gavar Rabba mean he was an awesome, he was just like an awesome Tamachacham and we didn't want to like disrespect him. Says the Gemara, if Tozos Hishromi said this Tvar Torah, the Dvar Torah, and he said that what inspired Hanan and Mishal to jump into the fire was the fact that they learned from the frogs who jumped into the ovens. Must be, he told us, is really a huge tamachacham. So, as in brisk, they ask the way they, they ask it, and like they're very sharp and brisk, and like they're very, when I mean very sharp, is that they're like very against like a, a short Dvar Torah, meaning like, they're very popular, you know, like anyone can say it's Dvar Torah. 
It's very easy. You say it's Vartori, you read something, you say it's Vartori, you know? And like, they're super critical. Like, you know, like only the, they're not into that. So I remember being at a shir in Brisk, and they started saying over this Gemara, and they said, this Gemara is so shver. So somebody says it's Vartori, it means he's a huge talent chacham. Like, what's the shot in the Gemara? It really is, it's like an awesome question. It says, he was, we're not sure if he was just like politically inclined with Rome or if he was a Tremendous Talmud Chacham. But from the fact that he said this Tvar Torah must be Gavarabba, must be his huge Talmud Chacham. What, what does that mean? Think about how many, just in the world today, think about how many people today who are seeing Tvar Torahs all over left, right, you know, and it doesn't necessarily reflect that they're great people. So what's the shot in the Gemara? It's a very, very difficult Gemara. So I, I, I happens to be that I think there's, there's two takeaways, two extremely different takeaways. I think one, one way, which is, um, which is a way to, to say no, to like disagree with the question and just be like, that's not the truth. And if, they're, they're, if you have a person, and you can see this with people, there are people who are like into Divrei Torah. There are people who are into saying a Divrei Torah. And that itself is reflection of greatness. It's possible, you know, argue on the premise of the question and be like, no, people are saying Divrei Torah. That means they must be a people who are respectful as Gavarabba. It's possible. But I think there's something much deeper here. I, I, it's a bit of a novel, novel idea. But if you think about the Kava Homer that Hanani Mishal Vazari are saying, the whole thing makes no sense. You ever bother? You ever hear this Gemara about they're learning from the frogs? It's a very difficult thing. Hanani Mishal Vazari aren't sure. Should we jump into the fire? Should we not jump into the fire? The frogs did it. We should do it. It's a Pella. And the Rishonim already say that the whole thing is a Pella. Because Hanani Mishal Vazari, I mean, like, what do you mean they're learning from the frogs? There's a din. If you have, right, you're supposed to be Meister Nevesh, one of the three cardinal sins. It's a halacha. If it's a halacha, you don't need the frogs to teach it to you. It's a din. Elamai, Zoktaisvis, they really wasn't a din because really they could have left town and gotten out of it. And, they, and there's no, halachically, they weren't mechayiv to do it. So what were they coined? They were toying, Zoktaisvis, the whole lomda shashayla. If I wanted to put myself in the, in the situation, could I? Okay, schmacker question. Back, forth, you could, could put all the sides. You're going to make the Kiddush Hashem, but you could get out of it. It's suicide, is it not? Back, forth. You could clear all the shilas whether a person was allowed to do such a thing or not. But there's no proof from the frogs whether that din is emes. Right? Frogs don't have a din. They don't have that other thing that they're mitzvah on their life. If that's the question and the suicide versus that, like, we're, if that was really the question and you're boiling it down to how real, exact, halachic shayla, then there's nothing to prove in the frogs. And furthermore, the frogs don't really have, like, this whole thing about the choosing to go in or not go in. They were doing it for Kiddush Hashem. Like, the whole thing sounds very, very, very difficult. To learn from what the frogs did seems odd. So it's a very simple thought. The thought's like this. Greatness is defined by a person's ability to draw inspiration from things that aren't like them. And smallness is defined by the inability to do so. To say that if something is not exactly perfect for where I am right now, then it doesn't speak to me at all. I think that's, it's like a very, it's like a very telling point that the Gemara is trying to say. It's not that he said a Dvar Torah, that's what made him a Gavarabha. That's not the point of the Gemara. Saying a Dvar Torah, you're right. Of course, anyone says a Dvar Torah, that's not the point. The point is, listen to what he said. He said, Hanani, Mishal, Azariah were inspired by the frogs. It takes a great person to have that insight. Why? Because nine out of 10 people think about that and say, that's ludicrous. This frog situation is not like mine. So if I'm thinking about whether or not I should jump into the fire, I'm not gonna be inspired by what some frog did in Egypt a thousand years ago. Like, what does that have to do with me? Like, I'm in this difficult predicament right now. I'm deciding. I'm going to judge a mind, my lifetime, and my experiences, and my makeup, and my childhood, whatever it is that we think about, and what defines our value. But I'm not going to think about what some frog did a thousand years ago. But greatness is defined by saying, no, maybe it's not my situation, but there's still something I can take out of that. 
And it's something how you can gain inspiration, how you can look to grow. You're looking to say, what can I do further? Even though it's not necessarily my situation. So I'll give you just like a, a great example, I think where we all have this. Do you ever find yourself, there's like this, um, I mean, this, there's so many different situations where this is. We're just giving like one illustration where I've had this many times where you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of when you hear somebody saying a message that you don't like the, where the source is coming from. So it's like, that person's not relating to me. He doesn't get me. Or I'm not liking his level. I don't like where he's coming from. Or I don't think I can relate to the person overall. And therefore, whatever they say, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't hit home. It's not for me. That's not me. And because it's not me, and that's not my situation, so we throw away so many opportunities which possibly we can gain a lot from. So Chazal really say it. They say, Ezu Chacham, you know, Halomin Mikol Adam. So the idea of Halomin Mikol Adam, so on the simple level, it means just look at the content, right? Just look at content. If someone, you know, weak is saying something amazing, well, then you got to take what's amazing. But the real depth of Halomin Mikol Adam sometimes is the ability to learn it. Meaning, it's not just that a low person is saying an amazing Torah Torah, so you hear, oh, it doesn't make a difference who said it, but it's an amazing Torah Torah. That's true also. But the deeper point is, when it comes from something that's not you, you know how to apply it to yourself. So you have to extract it. Sometimes, like, people want messages and inspiration to come onto their plate where it's like, this is hitting home right now. This is where I am. This, this Dvar Torah is made for me. This message is made for me. And if it's not, if it's not zoning in, the illustration is wrong or the message wasn't said in the right way, that it's not me and I miss it. But like, for example, like if you ever like take like, I, I think even something like the simplest level, like a daf, I could take like a daf, right? So you can learn every day, you can learn a daf for 45 minutes. If you think to yourself, like, like especially if you, know, you believe in the depth and what God is trying to do for you and nothing is coincidence, think to yourself, like, what's one thing that I learned today in the daf? Let's take it out as you're going on the road. You're leaving shul. What is one thing that I learned today in the daf that I feel I can be inspired from? I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not talking. I probably can't explain it to anybody. No one else would get what I'm saying. But what was one thing that spoke to me today in the daf? And why did that speak to me? And how do I think that can matter in my life? That's greatness. It's greatness because it takes your ability to take information, take a message, which wasn't speaking to your situation. It wasn't speaking to you in your situation, whatever it is. But you see value, you think about it more, and you make it work. So you go to something else, you go to anything, you open up the parsha. You simply, you open up the parsha. You read the story. You're going to all sit there and read these stories. What's the takeaway? What does it have to do with me? So we look at it like it's narrative, like it's information, like it's facts. Right, that's where we go. We're supposed to learn the Torah. But greatness is all the Torah has some takeaway. There's some thing I can take out and actually apply to my life and make a difference. And even if it's not spot on in terms of, yeah, that's an exact correlate. Like that's exactly the way that situation is. But it's about me using my mind. It's about using, using Torah as a catalyst for me then to think further. That's Gavarava. That's a great person. So when Hanan Mishol Azaria, this idea that he's saying that they would be thinking like that was such a symbol of greatness. It was a symbol of testimony to who he was as a person because that's the way we grow. Because more often than not, 99% of the time you're ever going to hear a Dvar Torah from somebody else, 99% of the time you'll ever hear a certain muscle from somebody else, anything. And 99% of the time you learn anything. Any source of where you can grow from, it's not going to be for your situation. It will never be. Very rarely, maybe like 1%, are you actually going to have the exact thing? And even halachically is true. This is like, it's a pet peeve of mine, but I'm sure you experience it also. Do you ever feel, you know, we're learning Shehina now, right? In the laws of Ilkha Shabbos. Do you ever feel like, come on, how are the rabbis, what they said 2,000 years ago, relevant to me in the kitchen today? 
So we're talking about all these dinam Hashem I'm going to go to stoke coals, and there's no coals. So you know how many times I'm just like, I'm just venting a little bit. You know how many questions I've gotten like talking to Shehia about the, how could the rabbi, eh, eh, but there's no coals. So that's smallness. It's smallness because of course there's no coals. But listen, think. Think about how it applies to you. But 99% of people say, if there's no coals, then the rabbis aren't speaking to me. They were speaking to a time when there's coals. So by definition, if there's no coals in my kitchen, so my brain is shut off. And I don't want to think past that because there's no coals. And at that point, it's like the, the opportunity to steig and grow and learning and go and further and think about how many, the depth of Torah and how the beautiful and geschmack it is to learn all the complicated questions of Shia today that can come out in the most modern day applications. If your first gut reaction is there's no coals, what does it have to do with me? Then you're done. You don't have that opportunity. It takes greatness. It takes greatness to say, I know this is not there, but there's a value. There's a concept. There's something here. I'll give it in the simplest way. If the simplest thing you can take out from something like Shem Yechata is that instinct is great and that if you're usually stoking coals, it might be Shabbos and you might still stoke the coals despite the fact that you know it's Shabbos and that's your takeaway and you start thinking about that, that in and of itself is value. Maybe that's for somebody his value. Maybe for somebody else is completely something different. Maybe for somebody else, it's about patience. It's about thinking, wow, look at what Chazal is showing me about human character and human nature that we really care about things being ready on time and how instinctively I might still close even though I don't want to. Of course I know I can't cook on Shabbos, but I'm that tempted to make it ready on time. Maybe that's a takeaway for somebody else. But the point is, you only get that way with greatness. It's a greatness to say, what is the message for me? What is God saying to me? And obviously the difficulty with that is that if you try relating it and you try explaining why it speaks to you in that way, you might not be able to articulate it. And no one else might necessarily be able to get you. But to let that go in and let that inspiration go and to think creatively and push yourself to think in that way, that's greatness. And that's the point of the Gemara. If Todos is Roman, was able to say this to our Torah, that's great. So if he said that Hanan Mishra Vazariah learned from the frogs, and the whole idea of learning from the frogs wasn't in direct correlation, that's a reflection of Gavarabba, and that's how the Gemara, the Gemara was able to prove the, tru- the, the truth of the meaning.